0: This week's podcast brought to you by Can Openers.
1: I did a dumb thing this week. I had a long scheduled physical for the morning after the Super Bowl. As a result, the doctor looked at me gravely with his clipboard and said, Mr. Russian, your blood is primarily queso fundido and two roads double IPA.
0: What's in queso fundido? Fundido. Oh, so much of the super bowl is not just the game and not just the halftime and all of that but the the food and the fun and we had a a a friend over, a friend's family over, because they have kids that are about the same age as our kids. And I had to work on Super Bowl Sunday. I was home in time for the game, but you know, we served some food. And our friend brought his wings that he makes. He he makes wings. He's really proud of the wings that
1: he makes. And let me let me get this straight though. Part of the Super Bowl is the food and the fun. The food and the fun Do you remember Do you remember the, do you remember the uh, McDonald's <laughs> slogan "Food, folks, and fun"? When was that? It wasn't very successful. It was like in the mid-'80s.
0: Was that more successful than the McLean? I don't even remember. What was in the McLean? Do you remember that hamburger? Uh,
1: I remember the McDLT, where the hot side stays hot and the cold side stays cold. But
0: Yeah, there was also a McLean, and I don't know if it was a turkey burger. I don't remember. But um, anyway, that was probably the ad campaign at that time. So anyway, our friend made his own wings, and he brought them over. They were delicious. I was talking to somebody else and they order their wings from a restaurant called J Timothy's in Plainville and i guess the wings are hugely popular especially on super bowl sunday so much so that you have to order your wings well in advance you can't get small quantities you have to order them in you know large extra large and whatever and you have to pick them up the, a day in advance this
1: is plainfield connecticut
0: plainfield connecticut we clarif- or plainville connecticut one of the plains in connecticut we should clarify
1: for our listeners in st petersburg that, right,
0: <laughs> right there you go one of the plains in connecticut and so he went. He picked up his the wings, and I guess they give you the sauce on the side. And he got this on Saturday. Well, Sunday morning, his wife realized that they got the wrong sauce. They had wanted to get like a maybe a, a sweet barbecue sauce, and they got the wrong one.
1: The only other option being the honey mustard, I assume.
0: Right, right. No, I know. I think this place has all different kinds of buffalo all different blue kind. cheese. Yeah, sure. yeah. They've got a huge variety. So he calls the restaurant on Sunday, the day after he'd picked up the wings and the sauce. And they said, okay, they would make the exception, correct the error, and give him the correct sauce. But he had to return the first sauce. They wouldn't give him the second sauce without returning the first sauce, which makes absolutely no sense, because obviously all they can do with it is throw it away, because it's been out of the restaurant for 24 hours. So it just seemed like such a soup Nazi kind of thing that you have to return the one sauce in order to get the other. I
1: get it. I'm sure they've been burned before by people trying to get two sauces. And are we sure they're throwing it it away? I mean, well,
0: perhaps not. (laughs) But why not just say, yes, of course, but... It's just going to cost you 10 extra dollars. I don't know. I don't have any idea what wing sauce costs. I imagine. You, just charge more, but don't make somebody return the sauce. That just is so weird to me.
1: I imagine in the quantities that they require you to order the wings and the sauce in that the, that the sauce comes in a, a paint can. <laughs> and the, the possibilities are the semi-gloss honey barbecue. The
0: semi-gloss sauce?
1: Or the eggshell. <laughs> with a matte finish. So much sauce, it comes with a free stir stick.
0: the stir stick for the sauce. Well, I missed most of the third quarter of the Super Bowl because I was putting our youngest to bed, and I was telling somebody this at work, and they said that's a long bedtime process. I give my 11 year old a wing and say, off to bed now. And it's true, we do have uh, long processes to put our children to bed. But in all honesty, the, the reason I missed the whole third quarter is when I put her to bed, I then fell asleep in her really uncomfortable bed, but peeled myself away in time for the fourth quarter. I don't know what it says that when I woke up our 11-year-old was still awake and watching the super bowl but i had already passed out. Well that happens without every having night. had a single sip of any alcoholic <laughs> beverage i had passed
1: out. That happens every night. You put the kids down. All of the kids are awake and you're asleep in a twin bed. <laughs>
0: you know what? That happens more often than i'd like to admit. And the worst part is it's our youngest daughter's bed, which is the top bed of a bunk bed. It's not bunked, but if anyone's been in the top bed of a bunk bed. It's the most uncomfortable bed because it has to have a shallower mattress. It can't have a box spring, which is fine for her. She's seven and I don't know how much she weighs. But when I'm in the bed with her, generally when I wake up after passing out in bed with her, I am uncomfortable and sore in a lot of different places (laughs) from being on a mattress meant for a top bunk.
1: And the ceiling is six inches above you in the top bunk. Oh, <laughs> well, I said
0: it's not bunked. The bed is not But when the bunk. bed is bunked, yes. it's basically
1: a nine-hour MRI.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know that I've ever slept in the bed for nine hours. I, I think the, the longest I've ever gone, I think at one point it, I woke up and it was like one in the morning in one of our kids' beds and realized... It's probably time for me to to go to my own. But um,
1: you've had sufficient knee problems in your basketball career that you have probably fallen asleep in an MRI at some point.
0: I actually have. I, I am now. I've as I've gotten older, developed like an uncomfortableness in, in terms of confined spaces, so I think I'd have a hard time now if I had to get an MRI, but I had a few when I was playing, and other than like the click, click, click sound that's really loud, most athletes can sleep anywhere, anytime, you know, whether it's napping, or even if you're hanging out in an MRI, you can figure out a way to get some Z's.
1: Well, our friend who came over for the Super Bowl brought eight pounds of wings, and he was worried that he was going to get busted on the way over. Police were going to pop his trunk and find eight pounds of wings and, and just barbecue sauce in the corner of his mouth. And he just stick out his wrists and say, you've got me, officer.
0: And uh, did he bring beverages too, or did we provide those? No, we provided those. Because that's the one thing you delight in. If we're having anybody over doing anything, I will provide the food you enjoy. You'll say, I've got the beer and, and beverages covered. You enjoy that, although you totally miscalculated the children's beverages. You got, what, one liter of soda that was gone. We had seven children here. That was gone. Yeah, I wasn't, respo- quickly. I wasn't
1: responsible for getting the children's beverages, so I actually went out and got some, which hadn't hadn't been done by uh, the person who was ordinarily in charge of that. Is that me? That's you. Oh, but
0: I didn't even realize that till just now. I, so I, sorry, I forgot to get. The I children's appreciate beverages. that you
1: pay the bills, which you were doing earlier this week. I know this because you were in your annual ritual of. Lighting somebody up from the cable company on the telephone.
0: First of all, I don't ever light anyone up on the telephone. It's I, I was on Facebook and I saw people, friends of mine, talking about you know they were cutting their cord, they were seeking advice on the best ways to go when you go without cable TV, and it reminded me that three or four months ago, our cable bill had jumped up significantly, and I you been,
1: you an employee of a cable television outlet. Are not suggesting that you're cutting the cord in no, any way, God forbid.
0: Right. No, we are not cutting the cord, although I've considered it. But I did remember I've got to call the cable company because this is an annual ritual. You call the cable company and you just say, my cable bill has jumped up $40 and just curious why. I don't watch this is this is the tact I take. I don't watch almost any of the movie channels. So I'm happy to get rid of those. And the last thing they want you to do is to get rid of any of the channels or to get rid of any of the tears. But my, my favorite part was when the woman said to me, uh, we will transfer you to the loyalty representative. So I got sent to the loyalty representative because...
1: Same woman, different voice. Yeah,
0: right. And I mean, the cable company has a monopoly. So we've had the same cable company since we've lived here. So 15 years or whatever it's been. So I get to that person and um, she was your, actually... Your loyalty
1: is basically remaining alive right. for those 15 right. years.
0: She, uh, But she was very honest with me. She said, yes, the whatever plan that you were on, the trial plan or whatever, said it ended... And we just wait for you to call after we've bumped up your bill and then we'll return it to that same price. So they did. They, We now are paying the same thing we were paying five months ago. We've gotten some credit on our account and she said this will be good for 12 months. And then in 12 months, when you see that your bill has increased, just call us back and we'll get you back to the previous rate. It just makes absolutely no sense it's it's a what
1: well, it makes sense for them their response is basically what took you so long to call no
0: exactly and 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 while I got a credit, I only got credit for one month, so I didn't get a credit for the previous three months or whatever it was that that for no reason we were paying a lot more for our for my our cable favorite bill.
1: part is is when you, you I, I hear just your end of the conversation from my office one room away, and it's um well we don't watch we don't watch this uh fourth tier of sports channels and I think those are all the soccer channels that I watch. <laughs> we don't watch Showtime. Can we drop that? I thought. Well, I liked the show uh, I'm Dying Up Here about stand-up comedy in L.A. in the seventies. We wa- I watched that whole series, and uh, everything that we don't watch was code for you don't watch.
0: But that's all. That's all just a ploy because before I would ever actually change our service, I would come ask you.
1: You are just playing hardball.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, you know how I how I do. I play hardball like that. So. Anyway, it, it's just, and, and then I also, I'd gotten locked out of my email account. I'm one of the dinosaurs that still uses AOL. Sue Bird also has an AOL account, and we just like to say that we're retro with our AOL. But uh, I'd gotten locked out for no reason, and so I had to call them too, and this poor girl is walking me through the process, and it's clear that she only deals with older people, which I guess I'm, I'm one of because I use AOL, because she kept saying to me, you know, don't worry, You know, once this is taken care of, you know, you won't lose your account. Don't worry. Something else. And finally, I just said to her, I'm not worried. I just don't want to be on the phone doing this right now. Like, can we just fix this problem? But I'm sure it was off of her script. I don't believe she was located in the U.S. as we're having this conversation. And just her friendly, lilting tone saying, don't worry, you dumb AOL user. Why aren't you on a Gmail account?
1: With our cable and our Internet bundled, it was probably the same woman (laughs) Right. <laughs> that I answered the phone at the cable company, who was also the same woman in the loyalty program.
0: Yeah, exactly. It makes me think a, cu- a couple of years ago when there was an article in the New York Times about how AOL still made millions of dollars on people that were paying for the service, even though you get it free. If you if you have an AOL account, like I have an AOL account, but I don't pay for it. I just, because I don't have to dial up, I use wireless internet
1: to there get on. They were still collecting $20 a month from yeah, people and who didn't was, know that it was free. It was
0: millions of dollars. And, and we we told my father this story and he just said, wait a minute, you mean I don't have to be paying for my AOL? This past fall I was at the SEC basketball meetings and I was talking to a colleague of mine and I don't know how it came up, but she also had an AOL account and I I brought up this story and she too said, wait, you mean I don't have to be paying for my AOL? So if anyone is out there is paying for their AOL, you don't need to pay for your AOL, it's free. And they should actually be paying you because it's such a bad email. Here's what you do. But
1: you go to your post office or your local computer store, and you get one of those discs that has 24 <laughs> free hours Do you remember AOL? That? And you dial oh up to gosh. AOL, and you email them about your bill.
0: Oh, I forgot about that. I remember you, it. It was state of get, the art. We used to get inundated with those discs that would come in the mail with the AOL running man or whatever they call
1: him. Well, we're not dropping cable, but... Cable is available. We know that television is available in sources other than cable TV. We know this because you can see it. In all of the most wonderful places. I was
0: twice in the last week. I've filled up the tank, the gas tank, once in my car, once in yours. So no more of you claiming that you're the only one who fills the tank, even though you do it most often. And as I'm pumping the gas, all of a sudden the gas pump starts yelling at me. You know, I was doing my best not to pay attention, but then there would be an ad for GSTV, which I guess is gas station TV. Sometimes there's sports highlights, but on this one, it wasn't. I don't even remember exactly what what it was saying to me, but I was annoyed because it wasn't the kind of pump where you could peg it and the gas would come out and you could just sit in your car. I had to be standing there holding the gas pump, listening to to this, this gas pump shouting at me. And then the other day when I was driving into ESPN, same thing. There's a gas station not far from the Bristol campus. And I had to fill up the tank. And again, it, GSTV was regaling me with, I don't even know what it was, but I, I did not want the gas pump to be yelling at me. It was a bit frustrating.
1: <laughs> it was a bit frustrating for me a few years ago when I was driving from Cape Cod back to our house in Connecticut, having DVR'd a basketball game during the NCAA tournament. Opening round of March Madison, I believe it was a Marquette game. I can't remember for sure. I had a media blackout. I was just listening to uh, music on the radio. And I got to a, one of the gas stations on the Mass Pike and went to pump the gas. And the highlight of the game that I didn't want to see came up on TV, And I thought there was Were no you escaping it. Were able to out. ignore it? I wasn't. You, you know? No, I wasn't. So I, just, was my, I mean, I was compelled to look at it. It, it, it was a physical reflex that I, that I couldn't prevent.
0: Well, it's like the last place that you are forced to hear advertisements. You know, you can... When you're watching TV, you can fast-forward through them or you can mute them or whatever, but you're at the mercy of the gas when pump, I'm the almighty gas, gas pump. I
1: get out of the minivan, and there's four kids just bound, literally bouncing off the walls in the car. It's like a hailstorm in reverse where the, the dents are coming from within <laughs> the car, outside. But I get that 90 seconds of peace when yes. I'm pumping the gas. The best thing, I mean, the best thing in my life at this point are the rare occasions when I pull into a gas station, I'm listening to a satellite radio channel, and when I get out of the car, the same channel is playing on the gas station's exterior PA, and it's happened occasionally.
0: So you don't mind that. You don't mind a radio station playing on the PA. It's just the the television built into the pump yelling at you. I don't mind
1: that, and you apparently don't mind that. I just said that's the best thing in my life now. The best thing in my life now is that... And your question is, I prefer that over the gas station TV.
0: <laughs> well, you are prone to exaggeration when you speak, so I will. I will assume that that is indeed not the best thing in your life. Perhaps it's the second best. Speaking thing in your
1: life. no, the best thing in my life. Speaking of satellite radio, was this morning when I was listening to the Big Eighties on Eight with former MTV VJ Mark Goodman, and he said, he introduced the next song by saying, "This is the cops," and then he played. Little black spot in the sun today by the, police. by the police. I love that.
0: Well, there you go. So the you were listening to the cops, and our friend was hoping the cops would not stop him and confiscate his wings. Right.
1: And speaking of gas stations and bills, this weekend I was driving and I got a phone call from a number that I didn't recognize, so I ignored it. It went to voicemail, and when I pulled into a parking lot, five minutes later. I listened to the voicemail, and it claimed to be from my credit card company, claiming that there was some fraudulent appearing activity on my card, and could I call them? I thought this call itself was a fraud, so I ignored it. But after a while, I looked at the a different number on the back of that credit card they referred to, called that number, and sure enough, they were asking me if I had not only purchased toys in Connecticut that day, which I had for Birthday parties this weekend for the kids. Had I also purchased gas in Fort Myers that morning? And I explained that no, I had not been both in Connecticut and Fort Myers on the same day, on the same morning, but that I had been in Fort Myers over the holidays, used a gas station as you inevitably have to do to refill the rental car, and, um, and, I believe I have a 100% success rate of having my credit card stolen at gas pumps in the greater Fort Myers, Florida happened area. Happened last year, too. Happen le- well, happened two years ago. Last year, you may recall, I had my ATM card skimmed at, right. a, at a machine in Cozumel, Mexico. And then several thousand dollars were, were withdrawn from ATMs in Orange County, California. So each
0: of the last three Christmas vacations, you have either had your credit card information stolen from a gas station or your ATM card stolen, the information stolen and, and, and used to withdraw. It's, and it's it's
1: a valuable lesson. That I'm no longer going to shout my credit card information across the parking lot to the cashier inside the store.
0: Right. There you go. Yeah. I don't know what it is about Florida, but um, remember we've gone there, or you, yeah, because it doesn't, well, I don't put the the gas in the car when we're on vacation. And when I have to buy a sundry or something at a gas station, I, just, I will use cash.
1: I just figured that out. I'm the one who fills the car with gas. Therefore, I'm the one whose credit card gets...
0: But I fill it plenty of other places when I'm traveling for work or whatever, and it's never been stolen. So hopefully my uh, my track record will remain.
1: Tell me, when you're traveling for work, do you enjoy a uh, an alcoholic beverage at 4 o'clock in the morning? Good I know right. a lot of people do.
0: Well, we talked about this on our last our last podcast, and then I was flying home from Columbia, South Carolina after doing the Yukon south Carolina women's basketball game. My flight... Was at five forty a.m. So you board at what five a.m. So I'm sitting there, and both of the people behind me at five something in the or- morning ordered a vodka cranberry, and it just it it does never ceases to amaze me how people I haven't you know I have no issues with people drinking. I just can't imagine me wanting a a drink that early in the morning. It's all I want to do is get on the plane so I could close my eyes and get get a little bit of rest, but... Uh,
1: You're saying fruit for breakfast is, is <laughs> right. fruit and grain. Yeah. It's Fruit and fruit grain. And grain. It, it's
0: like having a uh, mueslix, but in a, in a different kind of way, I suppose. And we talked about this last week, too, how I invite somehow um, people to reveal all different kind of things about themselves when I am in the backseat of, of their car. And I took three Ubers while I was in Colombia. The first was... I had to get from the airport to the hotel when I landed the night before the game. And this guy, he was in his mid 20s, I would say. This
1: this is going to be another taxi cab confession. We should start introducing this as a sponsored segment. We
0: should, because whenever I travel, I get taxi cab confessions. And honestly, it's not like I'm prying. I just say, hello, how are you? And all this stuff just starts flowing. But but
1: it's the reverse of the usual. Right, it's the the taxi driver confessing to you.
0: So, this guy was, he talked, he's now in Columbia. He had been in Atlanta. When he was in Atlanta, he was the head of the Roller Skating Association of their digital marketing. You
1: may be giving too much information. Perhaps I am. But he's
0: not not there anymore. Now he's a car salesman for a Kia dealership.
1: Imagine being the commissioner of the roller, is it roller derby or roller skating?
0: Roller skating.
1: Because if you were the commissioner of roller derby, what what would that, you know, your game wasn't violent enough, you were suspended for being insufficiently
0: either he wasn't the commissioner he was just in charge of their internet marketing so anyway so now he's he works for a kia dealership and as he said i'm really putting my mba to work and then he talked about how he went to Tufts and he grew up in Massachusetts. And then he, we, he was talking about vacations. And he said, well, I can't go on vacation until after March Madness. So, of course, immediately I started thinking that's because he's a basketball fan. Well, no, of course, it's because they have these big promotions in March to sell cars. And so I said to him, I said, oh, it, you mean your March Madness? And his reply was, yeah, not the football March Madness. <laughs> <laughs> So I I just let that hang there. I didn't correct him. I didn't say anything else. But so. isn't
1: that interesting that the holidays that we think of, or the holidays or the big events that we think of as big events on the calendar, are completely seen in a different light by car salespeople? So that President's Day does not exist to honor presidents. Right. It exists to sell cars and mattresses, obviously. So uh, you know, I just find that interesting. Yeah, March
0: Madness is a, a completely different thing. So then the morning of the game, I, Holly Rowe was going to get her hair cut there. And so I said I would go and meet her because it was going to take a while. And at least we would get to chat and catch up. And so I took an Uber to the hair salon. This is about a seven or eight minute drive and again it was a uber driver confessions the woman just started talking to me she has a 12 year old and a 17 year old and the dad is not in the picture and she's thinking she and her 12 year old might move up to Baltimore because they don't know anyone there and that really appeals to her 12 year old and my my favorite line is, is I asked about the dad and, and she said well he's not in the picture and she said you know one thing I learned is that you really have to be careful who you procreate with <laughs> And I was thinking, you know what, that is a good lesson to, to have in life. And um, that's an important thing. That's an important big decision to make. So so anyway, that was my second Uber driver confessions. And then my last was my favorite. And this is when I was going the morning after the game. I had a 4.30 a.m. pickup, again, because my flight was at 5.40 and I don't want to get to the airport too early. So 4.30, pick up. The guy picks me up at the hotel. By the way, a Wyndham Garden Inn. So we talked about how when we were in Detroit, not we, when I was in Detroit and I, I was stuck overnight and stayed in that Wyndham Garden Inn with the hot tub in my bedroom. And the
1: tanning salon. And the
0: tanning salon. Well, this Wyndham Garden Inn in in, um, in Columbia is actually lovely. It's It's really, really nice. So anyway. So the guy picks me up, and he said I was going to be one of his last people he drove because he'd been driving drunk college students all night. But then he he just started talking, and he was acting in a play. He was playing a one-eyed Hungarian stenographer or photographer or something that ended in agrapher,
1: Geographer or and a biographer, perhaps. perhaps?
0: Either way, it was a Hungarian one who had one eye. Did this gentleman
1: have... Two eyes?
0: Yeah, this gentleman had two eyes, yes. Well the best part is he comes to pick me up. It's a little tiny car and I go to
1: I only asked because he was driving. Right. <laughs>
0: right. I he comes to pick me up. I bring my car around to the trunk my my bag around to the trunk. He said, Oh that's full, we'll have to put it in the back seat. So I put my bag in the back seat and I sit in the front seat with this two-eyed, non-Hungarian, non-stenographer, photographer, geographer, whatever. And as he's he's just talking to me and talking again, it was his long soliloquy, and and I think I may have asked him, you know, because he said there's only two shows left. I said, "Well, are you going to, you know, kind of miss the camaraderie and stuff?" And he said, uh, "I don't know. Actors can be insufferable." <laughs> <laughs> and I was just sitting there thinking, oh, the irony. And um, and then he was talking about how he has a. 12-year-old son he got this guy got divorced 2 years before he's now dating someone else he's living with this woman his 12-year-old son won't come and stay with him anymore because he does not want to meet the woman that his father's now living with they went on this big 6-week camping trip over the summertime and anyway apparently actors can be insufferable this guy was was quite pleasant but it I mean, I don't know how long the ride is from the hotel to the airport. It's no more than 15 minutes. It's probably closer to 10 or 12. And I just sat there and listened. And it's 4.30 in the morning. And, and usually at 4.30 in the morning, you really just want to kind of zone out and, and wait till you have your vodka cranberry. But... Um,
1: did but, he know the way to the airport on like my Uber yes. driver the previous weekend in Minneapolis?
0: Yes, he got us there, but he went really, really slow. Oh, I forgot to per- I forgot to mention this.
1: Perhaps he was a geographer.
0: Perhaps he was. A topographer. He was he never exceeded thirty-five miles an hour and the way he spoke in a kind of a slow manner. I, I sat there, and about five minutes into the ride, I, I, I was thinking, I bet this guy is stoned. And if he is, what do I do? Do I get out of his car in the middle of nowhere, because you kind of take back roads to get to the airport, or what do I do? So I stayed in the car. He never exceeded 35 miles an hour. He talked my ear off, and um, and his car sort of had an incense smell. So, and
1: given all of the biographical information you've just dispensed about this guy, we should say that clearly he wasn't.
0: Clearly he wasn't stoned? Yes, well, I would I would hope not.
1: <laughs> well, not all actors are insufferable, and and the great John Mahoney passed away yesterday as we as we record this. He played Martin Crane on Frazier. He was in a lot of great movies, including Eight Men Out. He was Ione Sky's dad in Say Anything, and um, several years ago now, I wrote a column for Sports Illustrated on playing uh, taking a family trip to Ireland uh, to play golf with uh, my dad, my uncle Pat Boyle, my brothers. And I got a lovely letter the following week from a guy who agreed that Ireland was a great place. He'd like to spend as much time there as possible when he retired. That day was probably not anytime soon because he was presently acting on a television series called Frasier. And it was just so sweet and parenthetical and unnecessary, but uh, uh, genuinely modest and kind. And um, I just thought I'd mention that.
0: Did you write him back? Did I you did. And what did you say? Did you clearly didn't become I said,
1: I know. <laughs> I've heard of the show. I think it may be, you know oh, the not, number one I, show on television or a top. Not three anyway. I know
0: that my column was great, but no, I no, that's what I was referring to. Were...
1: Yeah. Tell me something I don't know. No, tell me um, something I, more about me. I did. I did reply, and I said the next time when you're in New York, we'll we'll get a beer, and uh, that never happened.
0: Now, would you say that John or you were a? type A or type B personality, because Fraser Crane on the show was obviously a type A personality. I was having this conversation out to dinner with some of my colleagues recently talking about somebody being a type A personality. And they said, well, is there such a thing as a type B personality? And there actually is. A Type A is defined as somebody who's competitive, highly organized, highly aware of time management. And type B is just defined as more relaxed than type A. So where would you put yourself in that that spectrum?
1: Well, I, I am neither type A nor relaxed, so I'm not sure. Is there is there a third option? As with pants, I'm not quite relaxed, and I'm not. Uh,
0: you're not quite what
1: skinny jeans. I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> you're not quite the skinny fit. Um, um,
1: you're not the high rise either. I'm I'm definitely not type A. I'm not. Uh, yeah, but you're not relaxed. No, no, no. I'm. I'm so there I'm, there must is there, be a Is it like a blood state. type O? I'm, I'm an O.
0: Right. Yeah. There there must be because you are.
1: I'm I'm a carrier. You are not
0: organized. You are not I'm neither
1: relaxed nor driven.
0: You're not aware of time management.
1: Which is which is why you have to be right. careful who you procreate with. Right. <laughs> right.
0: If only we knew these things ahead of time. You are type A. But but I am also relaxed. No. I'm I'm type A about I am very good at time management. And, You're relaxed
1: for 45 minutes a week on this podcast.
0: But no, I'm I'm I think I don't get worked up about very much, but I'm highly organized and highly aware of time management, but I don't I don't uh, get worked up about stuff. So so we are you and I are each not type A or type B, but we're not the same type C either. I need to let my type B shine in certain situations. And my least favorite situation to be in is when I am in an environment where almost everyone around me is very intoxicated and I am completely sober. That Does happened. this have
1: anything to do with the Super Bowl party? <laughs>
0: no, this has nothing to do with the Super Bowl party. I was I went out to eat after we called the game in, in South Carolina and went to a Ruth's Chris steakhouse and was waiting to be seated, and the people I was with were at the restroom, so I was standing there by myself. And a lot of people in the bar there had been there clearly for quite a long time. And you know, you know when somebody comes over and they're they're not really steady on their feet. And this guy came over and he just pointed at me and he said, oh my God, you're her. I'm guessing he had just watched the game and and had seen us, but my only response to that was, that would be accurate no matter who you pointed to. (laughs) Oh my God, you're her. And then he disappeared. And when he came back, he had a couple of his buddies with him and one of them was unbelievably beyond sober and his face all red-faced and these guys were completely pleasant but just just gone and as I just hear him as he's walking over saying man I've really got to pee and as he gets closer his friend shows him me and he's like oh and he comes over can I get a picture and I said of course and as we're standing there he said I, I may pee myself but I'm excited about this picture or something like that and <laughs> I was just so glad he actually didn't pee himself and I should have gotten a copy of that picture because I imagine it's going to be those one of those ones where one of our eyes, one of the people's in the picture's eyes are enormous and reflecting the camera flash, and the other ones aren't. Like but, the picture uh, of
1: you and little Stephen. Yes, the, uh, picture. Of the E Street Band <laughs> that is available on Google Images.
0: That is uh, not the most flattering and picture. And it's of me. not
1: little Stephen with the goofy with the, eyes. Big
0: the goofy eyes. I know. I don't know what's going on with me there, but I do look a little psycho.
1: Oh my but, God! It's her. I'm a little drunk. I may pee my pants, but I've got to talk to you. That's very much the way we met, isn't it?
0: Well, when, is it that what I said to you? you oh said, my God, yes. it's her? Yes, you did. Exactly. <laughs> no, we were completely sober when we met, at least initially. <laughs> Did you even buy me a beer that night, or was somebody no? I bought else myself several beers that you night. Buy, yeah, like, you.
1: like you ever bought a beer in your life? In oh, please! In, I, I'm please. I'm very
0: generous. I I, you, I I would have bought our whole party a drink if when we were out that night. I just don't remember if I did or not. So in my revisionist history, I think I treated everyone in the entire bar that night. Yeah, that there were we there were
1: three people in the bar.
0: <laughs> the the night that we met, the bar that we were in, the Dublin House was not a bar that would have a piano man in it, that is for sure. But we somehow since Christmas have a piano man in our house now.
1: Well, somehow you gave me piano lessons for Christmas.
0: As one of the thoughtful gifts. You had been talking about how you wanted to learn how to play piano. But I was bluffing. I know, but I like to call your bluff on a lot of occasions, including this one. And so our daughter, our oldest daughter takes piano lessons once a week. And so I, for Christmas, I bought you piano lessons for the half hour before her start. So how many have you had now? Has it been a month, or has it been more than that, or just around four or five?
1: To listen to me play, you would think I've had years of yeah. piano training, <laughs> but in fact, it's only been a month.
0: And how, how do you, how's it going? I
1: love it. I go to this big house with 900 different rooms. Almost all of them have a violin or guitar or drum or saxophone coming from each of these rooms, Almost nobody there is, is older than... You're talking
0: than, about where, where I'm talking your about, lessons are. I, I don't get them at home. Yes, yes. I go to... Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> what else could I possibly be talking about? I don't
0: about? know, but it took me a second to figure well, it anyway, out. Anyway, so I go to a place case. for
1: lessons. And uh, what can I say? I, I I was always envious of our kids being able to play musical instruments or taking lessons, being able to read music. I figured, you know, I, I'm nev- never going to do this. I heard not long ago an interview with the actor-comedian Kevin Nealon who said... At age 50, he wanted to learn how to direct. He'd been acting in productions all his life, and he was interested in directing. And he said, no, I'm too old to do that. He's giving this interview now at age 64 and said, if I had done that at age 50, I'd have 14 years of directing experience now. So my f- feeling is that by 64, 14 years from now, I'll be able to play Tchaikovsky on the piano. Not that I know what that would sound like or what that even is, but yeah, I figure I'm I'm... On my way.
0: And much like when you get out of the car and you're pumping gas and it may be quiet, the piano that we have is, is an electric piano so you can plug headphones in. And so you have Bose headphones, the noise canceling kind. <laughs> and sometimes maybe I'm in the kitchen getting dinner ready or doing something and I'll say to the kids, Where's your father? Because I need help with something. He's playing the piano, and of course you can't hear a word because, and the piano is in the room adjacent to the kitchen, because you're you're practicing piano and you've got your noise canceling headphones and you're often in another world. And my favorite story that relates to your piano goes back a few weeks. The night that I was, I missed my flight in Detroit and had to spend the night in Detroit, and. I was texting you, telling you, "All right, I've missed my connection. I'm gonna have to spend the night and take a flight the next morning." And your response to that was to send me a text back that just said, "At your leisure" or something. And it was an audio file.
1: When the Saints go marching in, you
0: playing when the Saints go marching in,
1: which I assume you had mistaken for a <laughs> jazz pianist Oscar Peterson, but was in fact me. <laughs>
0: But the whole, the beauty of, this was what was going on for me right then. I've missed my flight. There's no cars for me to drive to South Bend. I'm going to have to stay in this hotel. This is not the the best moment. And you just text me an audio file of you playing When the Saints Go
1: Marching. But but don't you know. It was
0: so exactly you. Like, basically, I am tone deaf to whatever is going on in your life here is me not at all yeah no it is
1: so you it's don't you know that there is nothing more boring than somebody else's flight delay oh of course with I the possible do. exception yes. of somebody else's Piano, (laughs) please.
0: And and that's the thing. I don't ever call you and tell you what's going on with my flight. I just, like, send updates because I figure you might want to know that I indeed did not make it safely to South Bend. Instead, I'm spending the night in Detroit. It's like
1: when my dad has to get his refrigerator repaired or his AC repaired, and he tells me in real time about all of the aggravation of calling the guy and getting the the place and the guy coming out and the fixing of it.
0: When... That way, but two two
1: people get to share this right. this unpleasant experience, and it's
0: and it's at it's, it's, it's most pronounced when he has an issue with his internet or his his internet provider or whatever, and he g- gives it to you blow by blow, and you and you tell me how how much you enjoy that experience, and then if that ever happens with you, you do the exact same thing. Not only will you come to me and expect
1: but, me to fix your problem,
0: of, you will. I'll be sitting at the counter. But of course, no 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 no. Hold it, on. Let me tell you
1: the difference, though. The difference <laughs> no, no, is no, no. the difference is. I'm me. <laughs> right, exactly whatever uh, uh, happens to me is interesting to me so
0: I will be sitting at the kitchen counter which is where I do my work you have your office in the house that you can close the doors and, and be separate I don't so I'm in the kitchen I'm at the counter I'm wait a minute, um, wait oh, a minute. no no I, no let you me have finish. the
1: rest of the house and I'm putting, putting in a tiny confined space no. but I like I like your spin on it
0: you can have the, the rest of the house I just generally do my work in the kitchen but I'll be in there reading or watching film of, of basketball or whatever actually this is you know this is my work and you'll come in and and you know, I can't get the printer to work and I've gotta print this and, and, and so I have to put my techie hat on because now this is my problem and I have well, you're to type A and I'm I type to, O I have to fix the I have to fix it so you can print out whatever or or you'll come in and walk me through um, all of your issues. And I'll I'll just say I I, I that's who you are and I um and I don't always enjoy it, but I don't, I've come to, I've come to appreciate it, but it just cracks me up. Will you then complain about your dad doing the same thing to you and you do that exact same thing to me?
1: Well, to get back to the topic <laughs> at hand, I have grown to enjoy making beautiful music on the keyboard. And then when I'm done writing, <laughs> I like to play the oh, piano. Oh, good
0: heavens. Well, I you, you're actually doing a really nice job with the piano. I, I enjoy listening. I'm, I'm glad that you have all this extra time to practice I, I don't piano. have
1: any extra time, as you and, damn uh... well know. I mean, you know that. <laughs> How can you say that?
0: I'm kidding. I, I like it. I like having the sound of music in our house. We have our kids. Our oldest plays piano. She also plays trumpet. And then our, our next one plays uh, trombone. And then our nine-year-old plays saxophone. And I don't know what our seven-year-old's going to play. But I even when they first start playing and they sound like a wounded elephant, like I just love the sound of the music in the house and, and the kids learning how to read music and all of that stuff. I think it's important. I played the saxophone from that time I was in fourth grade to 12th grade. And and still sometimes it's fun when our nine-year-old ne- needs help and I can help him figure out the fingerings or what he's doing on the, on the sax. You were the only member of the family, other than our youngest, who couldn't... Play an instrument or read music, and and you've remedy you're remedying that
1: now. And my brother Tom, of Tom Dick and Harry, who plays our theme song, plays guitar. So there's no way I could have picked up the guitar and played. But uh, if anybody has not seen a photograph of Rebecca in high school, she had her hair was a foot. <laughs> she was six four. Her hair was an, added another eight or nine inches at least, and then she had that. Foot tall, marching band hat on with the think a feather at the top. Yes, the whole thing was a good
0: and then seven and and a half feet. And this was, you know, the early mid nineties, or I guess early nineties. And so our band marching uniform was polyester, and they didn't have any polyester pants for someone my height. So I had my big hair, I had the hat, the vest, and whatever the, the the name is for the stuff you wear, and then my high waters, and they were big time high waters. They were probably three or four inches above my shoe. And we didn't have a football team, so it's not like we were playing at halftime. We would play and and march in the band only for Memorial Day. I think it was just Memorial Day. I don't think there was a Labor Day parade. Yeah, there must not have been. That's too early in the season. So there is a picture. If I can find that, I'll post that on our Instagram account because everyone should get to enjoy that ridiculousness.
1: We should devote one of these podcasts in their entirety to just the smooth jazz stylings. A view on the alto sax, right?
0: Yeah, I don't. I I don't really play the sax very much anymore. Only when our son needs help. But um, yeah, a six four woman. It was like Clarence Clemens, the six five dude. You know, playing the saxophone. I was the six four woman. <laughs> Tall jazz. Tall jazz. Song That's that's right.
1: Shall we go to viewer mail?
0: I think it's time.
1: Okay, this uh, came in on a Gmail that. Address is ballandchainpod at gmail.com. This is from Lisa Galaska. Lisa writes, love your podcasts. Rebecca, you mentioned eggshells clean your disposal. The opposite is true. They break into little particles, get caught in the disposal, and then turn to cement. Small chicken bones do clean the disposal, though. Maybe if you do keep adding the eggshells, You'll have another story to tell though.
0: Well, I've stopped putting the eggshells in the disposal. I still find it weird when you say dispose all. I don't you're the only one who ever has that's pronounced the it that way. That's brand name and that's how it's pronounced. No, if, all right, if anyone is out there listening, let us know how uh, you but pronounce it. No, we're not we're disposal.
1: not going to defer to whatever somebody listening thinks when the fact is it's called a dispose-all. But it's Be that as it may, I think the interesting point here is eggs gum up your disposal. Chicken bones, clean it. The chicken is both the cause of and the solution to this problem. Just like Homer Simpson said, beer is the cause of and solution to all of man's problems, the chicken is the cause of and solution to all of your disposal problems.
0: This is the second time you've invoked Homer Simpson quotes.
1: I just think it's interesting that the egg causes the problem, the bones solve it, and it is it is literally a chicken or the egg conundrum here. Thank you. Lisa? Lisa? Another one that came in over Gmail, ballandchainpod at gmail.com, is from Robert Plummer. Interesting. Ah. The Not an actual plumber.
0: follows the chicken in the egg.
1: You, 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 beautiful. Uh, he's from Birmingham. I don't know if that's England, Michigan. I'm guessing it's Alabama. If you're just doing a single Birmingham in the United States, I'm guessing it's Alabama.
0: Are there a lot of Birminghams?
1: Well, you and I have been to lovely Birmingham, England.
0: No, but I mean in the U.S., are there?
1: Sure. Okay. We, we can count those uh, another time, but... Um, he says, Dashlane, the Dashlane app is awesome. I assume that's for have my problem with not remembering passwords so we can avoid another Hawaii nuclear attack. He says he's a new listener after seeing a post from your colleague, Maria Taylor.
0: Oh, nice. So thank you, Maria, for uh, for showing us some love. And then some that came in via Twitter are about toupees. And this is a topic I always enjoy because what's not funny about the word toupee and the thing toupee but somebody, M.B., said he thought of us when the SportsCenter Not Top Ten had a video of a referee who got paid by an errant pass. So uh, I've got to look that up. I haven't looked it up yet, but apparently if you look it up on SportsCenter Not Top Ten, there's a referee who lost his toupee while officiating. Why would you even wear it? Like... You know, you just stick it to your head and, and, and hope it doesn't fly off. You know
1: how the referee, as a timekeeper, I, I, I know this well, that the referee will set the game ball in front, of the, in front of the clock at midcourt there on the sideline. I wonder if this guy rests, puts his toupee on the ball as sort of a wig stand <laughs> he should. at halftime when he, when he mops down.
0: Okay, that reminds me. So this past weekend, for the third time, you kept the clock at our daughter's sixth grade basketball game. And for the third time, but this time instead of right at the beginning, this one was I think within the second quarter, the horn went off in the middle of action. Three times you've used the clock, and three times for no reason the horn has gone off. You need to figure that out.
1: I figured it out this time, actually. I don't think I told you this. The shot clock went off. We don't use the shot clock, but whoever used the scoreboard previously hadn't reset the shot clock, and so the shot clock went off 10 seconds into the game.
0: No, it didn't. It went off in like the second quarter. The first two times it went off 10, you know, 30 seconds into the game. This time, so the the shot clock explanation made sense. This time it was in like the second quarter. So there really was no explanation. But
1: do you remember Far Off Space Nuts? When I was a kid, there was a show on Saturday morning called Far Out Space Nuts and um, Far Off or Far far Out Space Nuts. And these two bozos were launched into space. Bob Denver, (laughs) Gilligan was one of them and they were launched into space because they were cleaning the uh, space capsule that was going into space and the guy said uh, he, they were loading the launch, and they accidentally launched them and the guy said, I said lunch, not launch and they were shot into space as the far off space nuts. I think if I had access to the nuclear button to the um, launch button at Cape Canaveral, it would probably not going off as intended.
0: But when it happened, I just looked at the the other three coaches, all men. We just started laughing, and I look across the way, and you just see some of the moms start laughing because – They've come to realize that you are a spar- far off space nut.
1: Far out space nut.
0: Either way, it's the same thing. You're a space nut. By the way,
1: just to get back to something you said earlier in the show, I didn't have a chance to jump in. Is there a worse name than Ruth's Chris Steakhouse?
0: <laughs> no, there's not. That's terrible. I've never understood it.
1: And well, it was a guy. There was a Chris Steakhouse. Then then Ruth bought it and became Ruth's Chris Steakhouse and pre- Steakhouse. And then presumably, if like Larry buys it from Ruth, it becomes Larry's Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. So
0: it's not because like like if someone. At the basketball game, was going to describe you. They would describe Rebecca's Steve, just so everyone knew. Rebecca <laughs> this
1: this podcast should have been called Rebecca's Steve Steakhouse. Is it too late? Perhaps Eric Pankey can drop a new logo. Yeah.
0: Besides, I don't want to. Uh, I don't necessarily want to lay claim. Anyway, finally, Mike Clug. Would it be Clug or Kluge? Klug? K L U G.
1: I would go with Clug only because in homage to Jack Klugman, Klugman who played yes. Oscar Madison.
0: Okay, so Mike Clug. He said his father-in-law has foregone the toupee and instead sports a comb-over. He, he said his father-in-law is a golfer, so on windy days the comb-over blows straight up and exposes his head like a tarp during a windy rain delay. And he said he's looking for a term for this. He he, The best he could come up with was blow-over, which I think is pretty good, that his father has Well, I, I have a term for Go- this, and I've, I've,
1: I've referred to this for years as the can-opener. <laughs>
0: That's hilarious. I've never heard you say that before. I've never heard you say that before. <laughs> <laughs> that that's hilarious? Yes. I know. I make you earn my laughter. But my, my high school field hockey and basketball coach, he kind of had a comb over in those days. And we used to laugh because, in same thing, in field hockey, when the wind blew, you know, especially because when people have them, they put a little product in them. So when the wind blew, it would. It, the can opener would happen. Or sometimes he would scrimmage with us in basketball practice, and then he'd be running up and down the floor the can opener would happen. So yeah, that's... Wear it uh, proudly, wear it proudly. Absolutely should. And I was actually, when I was in the studio the other night, Seth Greenberg was in. I was I was having hair and makeup done. And he came in just to get some powder. And, and I asked him if he ever went with the comb over. And uh, he said, oh no, he never went with the comb over. And then he found a picture 'Cause I asked, I said, you know, what did you look like with hair? So he found a picture and showed showed it to me. So uh it's interesting. And he looked very, very different with hair. I, when I met you, you were already completely without hair. But you've recently found some pictures from when you were in high school and um in college. Would you let me post one of those on the Instagram account of sure. you as a young man with all your now, hair? Ten when years I'm from dead. now? Okay. <laughs>
1: gonna wrap it up now or before Tom Dick and so. Harry plays it up. There
0: was one other tweet somebody sent, Mark, our friend Mark actually sent and said, Why does Denny spell his name with one N? We still haven't told that story because it's not our story to tell. So one of these days when Denny comes back up well, and he's in basement, we will let him explain why he's I would, Denny with one I N. would
1: like to give a hint, okay? Okay. Because Denny has already given a hint, I think on the air. Perhaps that was no, something didn't. that didn't air. Yeah, that's something that didn't. That's in air. the vaults.
0: That's when we had audio issues and we didn't air that one.
1: Well, just to just to uh, uh, compound the mystery, some of you may know the great poet Ogden Nash, who said the who wrote a poem called "The Lama." The one eld Lama is a priest. The 2 eld Lama is a beast. Mm-hmm. You understand this? The one eld Lama. I understand. Yes is a priest. Right. The two-eld llama is a beast. Right. The one-end denny has arms and legs. The two-end denny serves ham and eggs.
0: How long have you been working on that?
1: Not even Not even five seconds.
0: <laughs> oh. And, and it sounds like it. I love it. when you get professorial. <laughs> and on that note, Professor Tom, Professor Dick, Professor Harry, play us out. <laughs>
2: Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test Androgynous And ambiguous while we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane